Welcome to another episode of the Business Exchange, How Business Works, brought to you by the American Business Council. The Business Exchange is a bi-weekly program where business executives and industry experts share insights on how business works and also share deep dives into the business, biggest stories in, in, in the space they exist. Our discussion today would look at the regulation of data in Nigeria. The past two years have witnessed legislative changes in the regulation of data in Nigeria, maybe beyond even the past two years. The Nigeria data protection regulations were passed in 2019 and in 2020, our data protection bill was proposed by the National Assembly. I recall that the American Business Council held a workshop in 2020 with stakeholders from the National Assembly, the Federal Ministry of Justice, NCC NIDA, the Ministry of Communication and Digital Economy, a lot of other private sector uh, persons, legal firms, at all, at all, with the aim to ensure that the bill addresses critical concerns for the business and provide a bill that's really best fit for the economy of the country. The positions were sent to all the stakeholders for their review and comments. And alongside this, the National Information Technology Development, the, the National Information Technology Development Agency, I, I'm wondering how I'm kind of modeling about that, NIDA, uh, had an amendment uh, bill to, um, to look at the NIDA Act of 2007, and they have proposed this to the National Assembly. Considering the importance of data in modern times and also the heightened need to uh, have proper regulations, these proposed legislations would have a significant impact on the growth of the Nigerian digital economy and overall it will impact all sectors. So this episode we will be discussing the extent and proposed legislations um, regulating the use and storage of data in Nigeria and the current position of these laws, the impact of their provisions and the prospects for the future. To join us, follow us at ABC underscore NG on Instagram and LinkedIn, American Business Council of Nigeria. Use, use the hashtag, hashtag the ABC Business Exchange to continue um, with us on this uh, conversation. So today I have with me um, a very um, interesting guest. Interesting because he has actually um, straddled in the world of government and private sector and also, you know, policy um, advocacy. And so he, he is a very, um, really best fit. Well, we're talking about best fit regulations, the best fit for this uh, discussion today. And and is Kasim Sudangi. Kasim is really an experienced professional that uh, has a demonstrated history of working in information technology, regulation and policy, corporate finance, legal advisory services, and so on and so forth. I would go like three pages if I have to explain all the things he has to do. But more importantly, Kasim was the national coordinator of the Office of the Nigerian Content Development, Information and Communication uh, Technology. He was a chief legal officer of, of, of NIDA at some point, and, and currently he is uh, the head of compliance at Smile Identity, an identity verification, user authentication and digital, know your customer service for Africa. Kasim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Margaret. Thank you for having me. So data really, I mean, for a lot of people, I mean, it's almost cliche right now to say data is a new oil. Uh, it's really the lifeblood of modern economies. And, you know, with the advent of the digital world, 
even made uh, prominent by the, the pandemic, the commercialization of data has proven to be mm, some double-edged sword. And you know, there is more than ever now required uh, proper regulation for data on, on, on data management, data uh, control, and the movement of data and all. So, can, but can you just give us a sense, you know, of uh, the history of uh, the data governance in Nigeria to date? Thank you very much, uh, Margaret. That's a broad question. I'll try and take it as quickly as possible. So I think the first deliberate sort of effort to manage data in Nigeria can be, can dates back to, I think, 2001, the IT policy issued by the federal government, uh, of which one of the issues that were, were contemplated in that policy is the management and harnessing of data for national development. Um, at that time, Data was really considered, you know, a, a necessary tool for development of the country and certain strategies were put in place, you know, um, to develop data. Around that time also, and within that policy was the creation of NIDDA to sort of supercharge the development of, you know, various aspects in, in relative to everything else that was being done by other agencies for the development of technology, information technology, and data as a component of that. Um, a careful read of that bill was, a reading of that bill was, it was clearly intended to catalyze the, the development of different areas, recognizing that Nigeria was lagging behind many countries and even certain African countries. And there was a need to have a focal point for the development of all these things without having to um, bottle everything into one, either one agency or one vehicle, but to act, act as a catalyst. In fact, if you look at the NIDDA Act, which is a byproduct of that, um, that policy, it gives NIDDA the powers to introduce bills for cybersecurity and other areas of information technology, you know. So the idea was that NIDDA was going to be this you know, if you like this facilit great facilitator for the space, but also had the mandate for regulation and development. So post that, um, the, 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 at some points in the early 2000s, mid-2000s rather, the first data protection bill was, was mooted by the National Assembly. The idea was discussed and, of course, a bill was drafted, which went through a few of the committee stages, certainly not all. Within that period, NIDA had also drafted, had a draft, published draft of a data protection bill to protect and uh, to govern data in the public sector. Uh, within that period of the mid uh, 2000s um, to the to the early 2000s, I think 2012, 13, you know, that was the bill that they had this regulation on published, you know, seeking um, the input from the public. Somehow it never materialized into any, any law. Eventually it was withdrawn. Another draft was introduced by NIDDA for the regulation of um, uh, data in Nigeria, uh, data protection. But at, at that time, the bills had also gone through some metamorphosis in the House, and the last assembly had crystallized into a two bills when, if you like, in contention, you know, to, to be passed as to govern data in Nigeria. Eventually, NIDDA issued the data protection and i'm speeding along because of time data did that in 2019 issued the nigerian data protection regulation a sort of a minimal framework within within its its powers in its act you know to regulate aspects of data it issued this document for a framework and, and a guideline if you like on how to think about data in nigeria 
So these were the, it was the first in force regulation for the governance of data. But then the National Assembly within that same period in 2019 passed a, um, a bill to, for the for Nigerian Data Protection Bill, which was sent to the president for assent. The challenge with that bill was that besides being convoluted and, you know, had other uh, provisions that were not acceptable to, to other stakeholders, it had this issue of overwhelming issue of data sovereignty and some clear defects of the face of the bill, uh, almost exempting the bill from regulating every aspect of law enforcement and you know, regulation of the economy and, and certain aspects of the economy that were in the public sector. So stakeholders got involved with some government agencies and pushed back and um, for the need to amend and improve this bill. Uh, so the bill was, the president did decline assent and then uh, therefore other efforts started early in 2020, uh, in late 2019 and early 2020 to draft and improve and consider another data protection bill. Uh, that has, those has been the efforts until date, but while that is going on, the NIDA data protection regulation does provide some minimum framework for the regulation of data protection in Nigeria. I mean, that's a sweep, a sweeping take on, on what has happened till date, but that is sort of the summary of how the journey, how we got to where we are. Thank you so much, Kasim. And, you know, one of the things I liked about what you, you said regarding how um, the, the bill that really did not, was not best fit, was um, uh, managed and, and, and the collaboration with uh, the private sector and government to, and to, to kind of look at how this um, bill should really be not just not just stopped, but at least um, uh, from from getting the, you know the presidential assent. I, I think I think um, it, it it also goes to show the opportunities and possibilities of public private uh, you know partnerships, uh, public sector and government uh, partnerships in really moving forward to get uh, uh, the, the the best kinds of regulations for um, the, the the country. And 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 I know that you know at some point we were in the thick of that of that conversation. But having said that. Um, the, the, the formulation of, of uh, data regula uh, regulations um, really should take into consideration uh, things around the best technology, trade and economic development, uh, even the protection of individual citizens, very important, data privacy, uh, the issues around um, uh, data security and safety and, 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 and all that goes um, in, into the issues around uh, safety. Today we're talking about even um, cyber security conversations and all that. Now, uh, I've, with this uh, guideline that came out of uh, NICDA and, and also the uh, the bill that's in, in, in process, uh, as well as every other coloration around regulation. Have they taken into consideration uh, the uh, issue around the uh, creation of, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 a policy or, you know, that, that's, that's, that has some, would I say, best fit international um, uh, best practice and also um, best fit for the country. Do we do you see some convergence of, of of these two areas where you have best fit and what is uh, also best practice? For for the new bill, I, I think that the engagement of um, multiple and diverse stakeholders has meant that you know we are beginning to see 
that fit coming to um, coming to focus. Um, looking at the last draft that was made public, there were areas that were considering things like um, impact assessment for processing automated data, which is quite very current thinking around data protection and looking at, you know, some classes of data that, well, what I wouldn't say will be reserved exclusively for hosting in Nigeria, but that had some consideration and the extra attention of government, particularly around law enforcement and so on. So I think that we're beginning to see that and that balance in the in the negotiations and the conversations for the kind of bill that Nigeria needs to have. Um, I will always say that while global best models and practices are important, Nigeria also has to be nuanced. We we have locally our challenges and some of the opportunities also where we really need to think about what we need to do to position Nigeria's you know access to global data and then access to Nigeria's data you know, as important for our economic development and also think about, you know, other aspects of our social life. So I'll give you an example. You know, there were complaints by some African countries who um, did host data in other parts of the world for elections or for government purposes and for politics and other reasons, you know, they wanted to take a whole of government approach to have access of this data. And those data hosting bodies, for instance, just declined assent to either the Supreme Court of the country or other authorities who also needed to have access. Data must be the strategy, especially for data that is developed for for by by the government. For instance, must be 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 must take a whole of government approach. For instance, just one thinking about data transformation and you know um, governance, um, e-government, for instance. So I'm thinking that it's important that Nigeria has a perspective on what are the unique challenges and opportunities available to Nigeria, you know, to think about very closely. Um, what kind of data do we um, not not protect per se, that would not be the word, but ensure that we have access to it locally so that we can, we can any part of government, if the need arises, can have access to this data and have a whole of government approach, since it will be very difficult to contract um, data that emanates from, ministries and departments of government under one agreement is a possibility but it's just challenging from this standpoint so i think that while we think about and i'm citing this as an example to say that we must think about global approaches because we want to have access to other markets we need to think about global best practice but we must also think about our unique challenges and our opportunities and find that balance and i think that that interaction between nigeria's um um local players and all the other groups represented in Nigeria, those conversations are beginning to take shape. And I think that we're going to arrive at some balance, you know, some balance in the bill. You know, I think that the vigilance and the engagements have been very positive in, in my opinion. That, that, that's great. Actually, um, your your what you just shared now kind of takes us into the um, the next part of the conversation, which is something I read from the Borderlex uh, report, uh, where they, they they really shared they shared that Nigeria has inputs um, in the ongoing WTO e-commerce agreement uh, that talks about you know exempting poor countries from free data flow obligations. So, if I were just to read um, a snippet of that, they said the uh, data flow um, disciplines um, shall not prevent a developing or least developed um, member or party from adopting or maintaining any measure regulating the cross-border transfer of information 
including personal information by electronic means. And that it also considers um, appropriate. Uh, so for greater certainty, this uh, member invokes this paragraph in a dispute. Uh, um, if for whatever reason it's invoked in a dispute, the body of mechanism hearing the matter shall find that it applies. Long story short, this speaks around data localization and some some um, extent of state control of data. Uh, you know, so um, I know you have shared, you know, the, the, the need to have a balance at some point. Um, so, but what are your um, thoughts? You know, how how would how would the balance really go from you know uh, one point to the other, depending on obviously the situation? What are your thoughts on 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 how this would um, be like and how this could impact the restriction of cross border data? Um, in, in, and again, the impact of cross border data on the operations of, uh, for instance, uh, foreign uh, companies in Nigeria uh, that would definitely be subject to that law if passed. Uh, so, if this is, I'm going to be asking like a triple barrel question. So, uh, what is also the yeah. impact provision on the growth of the Nigeria's uh, digital economy? So this is a very, it's a very interesting question um, with multiple touch points. And I'll, I'll start by saying that when it comes to the language of trade and the negotiations about trade, I think it's an entire different kettle of fish on politics. Um, while it's usually an indication of where the world wants to go and the big ideas and the idealisms, you know, um, I think that there's always room for some nuance and some thought out considerations. And I'll highlight some of these things. If you check generally, even within the rules of the WTO, some of the largest offenders are some of the countries who led the drafting or some of the heavyweights who are co-signatories to this to these treaties, who eventually do as they wish, repudiate at will. I'm not saying that it's it's a, it's good practice, especially for countries like Nigeria, who need more access to other markets and other economies, who need to grow astronomically if they would borrow and take a leaf from some of these errant large countries. I'm, I'm not encouraging that at all. But what I'm simply saying is that there's always room to think about your circumstance, especially as a block, and also in, in light of reality. So I'll give you an example. For instance, there are certain classes of telecom data in the US, to the best of my knowledge, that are not allowed you know, outside the United States or to be hosted by non-US parties, you know, for instance. Or if we take the Max Schrems case, some of the rulings of the European Court of Justice on even um, the what uh, the safe harbor laws and some of the privacy shield and some of the clauses that have enabled you know European European um, countries host data in non-European countries, especially the global internet giants who also share data with parent companies in the United States, for instance. Others have construed this adequacy requirements within the GDPR and some of the processes for granting adequacy status to host data outside the European Union as real nativist, local nativist, uh, uh, nativist, you know, as laws, as rules that tend to sort of or protect, you know, their turf or their environment. I mean, these are interpretations. I'm also not saying that Nigeria has to tap this route. But I'll, I'll mention that I think Article 8 of the WTO, for instance, allow countries to have, if you like, local content protections on, on um, goods that are, or, or services that are procured using public capital. Do I still think that within certain quarters that these are the right methods or approaches for a country like, like Nigeria? Probably not. 
what I'm simply saying is that there's a need to strike that balance, to understand what the needs of a country are, especially when it comes to international negotiation tables, because in mo sometimes when the rubber hits the road, the realities are absolutely different. There's a class, and I think we must pay attention to the group of people who raise the questions as to what is the implication of you know, data in certain jurisdictions, not all jurisdictions, in certain jurisdictions, what are the what is the economic value of, um, for instance, latency, especially when you have broadband, what you, when you have broadband issues, where should you host your data if you have broadband issues um, like in Nigeria, who's still, Nigeria is still investing in broadband and there is a clear correlation between where data, local data is hosted and the speed at which you access it. I mean, these are all issues that should be raised, discussed and answer, questions to be answered. However, the default position has to be that Nigeria has to continue to look outwards at the at the opportunity for integrating with the rest of the world to have access to cross-border data flows generally and keep a very positive outlook on what should happen because there's tremendous value and has been proven from data crisscrossing and moving across the globe. You know, we can also see the fact that Nigeria is trying to create a base in outsourcing and it's not doing, I mean, there are baby steps, but already looking good and saying, looking like the country has prospects. So any action that would even invoke or draw retaliatory action towards access to global data might be inimical to development in Nigeria. So while I would say that Nigeria should remain open and should join the League and Committee of Nations that are looking at enhancing cross-border um, flow of data, Nigeria and its and least developed countries or developing countries must also sit and ask themselves what the reality and realisms are. You know, the global, the politics of global trade is another matter entirely, you know, and I think that there's also, again, the need to strike this balance. But yes, you know, Nigeria must, if it's going to achieve anything in terms of being able to harness some of the local capacity, skill and investments that are going on in the country, it is just important that Nigeria has a very positive and outward look towards, you know, um, uh, cross-border data flows. However, however, I would add that at every point that nuance is required, some negotiations will be are incredibly important and some realisms for instance what do we do with with how do we approach the questions of national data right those are some of the questions that we really need to answer and, and i'm not advocating that we lock it up entirely but we really need to think about how we have access to it and how we develop resources on the back of some of the 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 large data sets that are available or can be available in nigeria so those are will be some of the um will be my thoughts and perspective on how we should approach international treaties and multilateral conversations like the WTO. Thanks a lot, Casimino. You have um, again <laughs> taken the win off myself because I was I was about to ask you to prov provide some kind of prognosis. So in um, discussing this, this um, you know how we should approach um, issues around the WTO uh, conversations or international conversations, you have also shared you know what you, the outlook would be if we. Um, you know, kind of swing across, you know, both from a perspective of looking at the um, nuances that are 
um, typical to us um, and, and also looking at it from you know integrating uh, international best fits uh, as well we need to have to strike the the, the, the right balance if, if I hear you correctly uh, we need to really strike, strike the right uh, balance so yes um, I, I, I really thank you for this um, uh, these conversations we've had I honestly don't think this will be the last one because uh, the conversations around data protection data uh, localization privacy is is really an ongoing uh uh, discussion. I mean, there are even things around how much do people even know, how how well are we communicating, you know, the issues around, um, you know, uh, people's rights to, to protect and uh, data privacy. Um, you know, uh, do they understand those little fine prints, those lovely uh, things they have, they don't get to read and then they just, you know, go jump on board. How well are we doing that and, and all? So there is still quite a lot of conversation. I mean, over, overarching this would be um, having the right framework um, that would guide, you know, the implementation of, of, of um, these in different areas, including uh, even things that impact the economy, uh, private sector, and even uh, things around trade. But I, I also hear you when you, you mentioned the bit about the, uh, the collaboration between the private sector and public sector that led to a, re a rethinking about what the, the bill that was presented um, at the outset um, was was um, like, and then you know how they actually had to do uh, kind of re rework together getting inputs also from private sector i think that's that's a good way to go and i i believe that we get more outcomes from from this the little birdie that's always at the background is ringing the bells and so i would really stop at this time and say um that sadly we have come to the end of the show and we again request and kindly ask that you, you follow the business exchange on apple Podcasts, soundcloud and spotify and on social media, please follow us at abcancel underscore ng on Instagram and on LinkedIn, American Business Council Nigeria. And we'll continue the conversation on LinkedIn and Instagram with the hashtag the ABC Business Exchange. See you next episode, same time, Tuesday, the 24th of August. And thank you for listening.